leave that on. It's a <laughs> for the a, entire podcast. A special feature. Um, that bummed me out when we were uh, watching the Kevin Smith video where he like. First of all, what a way to handle that! That like, the, there's no way you can look good telling a story about you talked to Kevin or you talked to Harvey Weinstein like the last time he was famous. You know what I mean? Like a week before the article mm-hmm. dropped, which you know, you think about that. He must have known Harvey Weinstein that that was going to drop. Like, and that's probably why they he typically was, know. Yeah, yeah. I was to say, there's no way because I think they reach out to you for comment if they're writing a big, you know, thing like which is mm-hmm. almost like a fuck you because you know they're not going to comment. But you know, fuck him. So whatever. Well, if you remember, Louis C.K. knew like way in advance. Yeah, remember there? I re- right before. I think he was doing press for that movie that no one's ever going to see now. Well, I mean, it, it's streaming online, but like, there's, you know, Did, no. Didn't you watch it? Yeah, there's no legal way to see it. It's okay. It's whatever. Was it called like Daddy's Girl or something like that? Yeah, not a good title. Yeah, well, the whole plot trouble. is very. It's it, like so. Louis C.K. Uh, plays like a an. A, I don't know if he's like an actor or something. I can't remember. He's like a Hollywood guy. Like who, a producer, I think. His daughter is. Um, Who's the chick from uh, Neighbors 2? She's in like Chloe a bunch of Chloe Grace Moretz? Yeah, I like her a lot. Uh, she plays his daughter, and um, he, she like starts dating uh, John Malkovich. Not like not like in being John Malkovich, where it's actually him, but like, like a, a character, character played by him, who's like a, kind of like supposed to be a, a proxy for... Uh, uh, Andy... No, uh, what's his name? Uh, he married his stepdaughter, fucking... He's a famous director. People love him or hate him. Uh, I, yeah, if some, someone out there is like screaming at the radio. I, like, want, I almost, it's not Andy Kaufman. It's someone who, from that era. Uh, um, fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, we're getting it. We're getting it. Um, Annie Hall. And he's like a comedic actor. It's Is it Andy something? Wo- no. Woody, Woody, Har- Woody Allen. Woody Allen. I was like, no, I almost said Woody Harrelson too. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so. He plays like a kind of like a version of that type of character, and like the whole movie is about Louis C.K. being like, I don't know if you should like go out with that guy. That's kind of it's kind of he's kind of sketchy. It's like like kind of a pervert or whatever. And then right as that movie comes out that he wrote and directed and stars in, like you know he gets me tooed for the stuff he did, and it's like mm, not a good look. But yeah, I remember right before that movie came out at like some film festival, he was getting interviewed on the red carpet, and they were like, Hey, so what's the story? Like we've been hearing a lot about like you jerking off in front of people and shit. And he was like, um, he's like, I just feel like it's not a good idea to address those rumors since they're not true. And then it's just like, I, I remember it wasn't long after that he wrote a thing being like, yeah, it's all true. It's like, well, yeah. okay. I think that when that kind of shit happens, you meet with lawyers and PR people and they're like, deny it until, you know, something. What can you, I mean, if you, there's knew, nothing you can do. I was say, if you knew that was coming, what could you say? You'd be like, I'm not ready to talk about that. It's like, okay, so then you, there is something you want to talk about. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. You basically just have to lie or admit that you did it on red carpet. Like. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't look good any way you spin it. Um, there you go. I was wondering what that was. Um, I it's weird to see him come back now, and it's one of those things where it's dangerous to have an opinion, negative or positive, about it. Well, he's um, on a world tour now, but like his tour is in some like interesting spots. Like he's going to like foreign. Essentially, con- if you look at it, I've heard. This is something that's not my opinion. I've heard other comedians say it. He's going to places where they couldn't care less. Yeah, pretty much. I or mean, he's playing clubs that have a no. We don't like right now. It's uh, he's probably just going whoever will take him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's a, a club mentality that are that like we're not responsible for the actions of the comedians performing. We're just bookers. So if you want to protest them, it's like we have nothing to do with it. And it's like that's the best way to handle it. Um, again, my whole thing is 
uh, I think everybody can be redeemed. I think maybe he did it a little too fast, but um, if if he apologizes to everybody and you know makes makes some kind of something, you know, I I was happy with what how Kevin Smith handled it. He's like, all right, well, anything that I make from Miramax from now on, I'll just go straight to like this charity that helps people that have been through like some kind of sexual trauma or whatever. Well, I, th- I think really it's it was for women it. in filmmaking was his, which is you know, if you're gonna donate, donate to something that matters to you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. I wonder what all, what all do they own the rights to? They, I mean, Dogma for sure. He said he Harvey Weinstein personally uh, owns the rights like to Dogma. Dogma chasing Amy, which is um, probably means we're never gonna get to see that unless that, I don't well, know. No, because didn't they release a lot of that stuff like after that happened? Like Miramax doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so well, who, who knows? What, what well, did they but he but he said Harvey Weinstein personally owns the rights to it. So unless he sells it to like I don't know, that'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, I think Mallrats too. They do, do they own Clerks? Um, they'd have to because he was able to make. I think Miramax owned Clerks, but uh, not Harvey Weinstein. Oh, wait, yeah, that's a good point. Because it's they were making one, so so maybe that is the only movie that's sort of locked or up. Is it Paramount that owns Clerks? But I'm trying to think, like, what what all movies are is he donating the profits from? Because that would basically his entire like first half of his career, all like which is what he's known for, True, where he makes but all. You got to remember, recently he's done his own thing, and then he has been working on the Flash. He's been working. True, on, yeah, he probably makes enough so money. So he doesn't that. need any of that anyway. Plus, he does a lot of live shows. Those people pay for that, so he's fine. I mean, you, do you ever sit there and think you're like, oh, I haven't seen like Tony Hawk in a long time. I wonder how he makes his money, and then you realize like, oh, this dude put out like. Top like ten greatest hits skateboarding games like he's well, yeah. he owns Birdhouse Birdhouse spawned Baker Skateboards Baker Skateboards is one of the biggest skateboarding companies and then like so the dude's fine <laughs> but which is actually I was listening to a podcast with him on it and they um, were talking about like when he did the nine hundred which was like what like ninety five or something like that I want to say it was oh no it was to closer to the release of the game it was like ninety nine or something yeah, it was closer it had to two thousand. Um, he was talking about how like there's all these conspiracy theories about how people think that he planned that for that event because the game was coming out like a month later, or it was like the game was coming out in like four months, and then he landed the 900 at a trick contest, and he was saying he's like the funny thing is I won the contest, but I actually did it when was that the, the X time, Games wasn't it? Something like that. He's like, but the time was up. Oh. Like, but he still won because it was such a big deal. And people were saying, they're like, did you do that as like a promotion for your game? And he's like, no, I had been working. I guess he said he had been working on that trick uh, w- for five years. And then he just was like, well, you know, I'm not going to win this. So I might as well just go out and do something. And he tried it and ended up nailing it. And then um, he was just saying, he's like, that just so happened to come out right before... Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or whatever, and he was like, that game had been in development for three years. So he's like, there's no way I could have planned that. And then, he what was, do you even have to do to be able to still skateboard at his age? You know what I mean? Like, all the take in, care of yourself, man. impact damage, your knees and shit, and your in like your feet and like. I, and I he's just doing vert skating, which is like, if you fall, you're fucked. I was also thinking it, it, it's kind. Of, it reminds me of like fighting or, or like uh, football, like th- those those sports that are so heavy contact wise that like you can only play them for a couple of years. Football is is terrifying to me. Yeah, I, I, I never saw that Will like, Smith movie about the head trauma, but I, I, I believe bad. it. Yeah, I heard it wasn't worth watching, but I'm um, sure the message was good. It's one of those things. Didn't where, not to keep cutting off, but didn't he? He had, he had like a, a um fake, uh, an South ac- African. Accent. He had like a, yeah, I think it was a South African accent in that movie, and then it turns out the real guy didn't even have an accent. The real guy had like little to no accent. Yeah, which is kind of funny. 
Because it's like, why, why, dude? Like, Which I've met people, like, there was a girl that used to come in the coffee shop when I worked there, and she was from South Africa, and she was, she looked like she was from New Zealand, like, she just had that look to her, but she also, their accent kind of sounds similar to, like, a, like, a British-style accent. And It's definitely I mean? a unique, like, if you didn't, if you hadn't heard it before, you'd be like, oh, they're, like, a weird kind of British yeah, sound. Yeah, you think, but like, like, they sound like, uh, new, like, they're from New Zealand, almost. It like, is, yeah, not, it I does. Mean, someone who's, like, who knows accents is like, maybe Jack is like, you're full of shit, but, like, at the same time, it's... One of those things where, as a as an untrained Californian, you're like, I think that is, where are you like I had to hear her tell somebody where she was from. I couldn't identify it. So it's that uh, I think Louis Thoreau, Louis like Trevor Thur- Noah is another example where he kind of sounds British, but he's I think he's oh South true African, yeah. Right? I mean, he doesn't really have that much of an accent. Well, but I, it's I a, think you lose it when you start. I was to say it kind of pops up when you uh, accents to me are fascinating because it's like it kind of pops up. You can hear it a little bit when he when he says certain words. Yeah. Um. Well, we we were watching something the other day. I can't remember what it was, and I was like, "What the hell is that accent?" Like, because a guy, like, you ever see a movie too, uh, where like they'll say something. The first thing they say kind of sounds like. Well, yeah, you're right. We were watching something. I can't remember what it was, but the first thing they'll say, you're just like, "Oh, there's another American character," and then like they say something again, you're like, "Wait, are they? What is that? Like, what that happened?" That happened on the newest Sunny episode where the it's like the the uh, a woman's right to chop. Like, I didn't know. That's that's what it was. Well, no, it was a guy. Like we were we were watching something after that. Maybe it was a YouTube video or, or something where it's one. We were watching something, and then like a guy in the background just like turns to the camera and starts speaking and we we're all like what the hell was that and it's like he was clearly from america but he had a weird like southern accent that just didn't sound right i don't know but uh dude just listening to that he was talking they're like well how much did you make from tony hawk's pro skater and i think we watched the video on it a long time ago but it's that podcast and he was like well let's just say when the first game the fourth game came out i had a lunch with the guy who worked for neversoft which doesn't exist anymore which is sad um and he was like, hey, things are bigger than you ever realized. He's like, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, 2, and 3 are all like still on the top 20 leaderboards for sell- selling each month, which is nuts to have not one, but like a couple games that are within four years of being old, being like still top 10. And then he's like, this next one is breaking records already, and it's going into what they call um, uh, classics mode or whatever, and they put out like the game of the year edition or whatever. And he's like, it sells for less, but we sell way more volume. So he cut him a bonus check of $4 million. That's crazy. In like 2003, like, can you imagine? Like, uh, that's like ten million dollars nowadays. Like, that's how fast inflation fucked up. I mean, and Tony Hawk, to his credit, does a shitload of charity. I mean, he they built that's skate park in, about, in yeah. Redlands. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he had anything to do with that. I just yeah, that's know his he foundation. Has a, he has a, a cool ass foundation. He tells this really good story about how, like, uh, before he started this foundation, he would get paid to go do like. Um, appearances at opening of skate parks or whatever and like he's like you go all these midwest towns where these contractors bid on working on a skate park and it turns out they don't know anything about making like ramps or whatever they just know how to pour concrete so he's like they basically build unskatable skate parks yeah he was saying he's like they would build staircases into brick like there would be like a staircase that like went like down into a wall he's like well how are you supposed to do a kickflip off this if you just hit a wall like it doesn't make any sense and he's like and then the, the ramps would have such a steep curve that the, the nose and the tail of the board would start scraping when you would try and ride up it and all that. And it's like, that's so weird. And, and then uh, like he's like a mayor of a town was like, why don't you go skate it and show him how it's done? He's like, this is unskatable. He's like, yeah, that's what the kids were saying. But we told him, Tony Hawk will teach you how to skate it. And he's like, no. like <laughs> So. Well, it's like if you build something for people and they tell you they can't work, make it work, like listen to the people that you built it for. Well, yeah, it's like t- Tony. if Tony Hawk is telling you like, 
Tony Hawk is the Michael Jordan of skateboarding, whether or not he, you know, like, I mean, he never did street skating, but he, like, he, he put skateboarding on the map with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And also, if you think about it, that's, that's, that's the, the true importance of Tony Hawk is that he, he became like the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what skateboarding didn't have. And then, you know, somebody, you, you needed like a celebrity face that everybody could turn to. Well, it's kind of like with basketball. Who, who do you, even as a, I love basketball, so I could, I could list every player on like the major teams and all that, but. When you think about basketball, who do you who immediately comes to your mind? I mean, Michael Jordan. I mean, like of the modern era. But I'm a I'm a child of the '90s. Well, I don't is Kobe a modern era? Uh, he would be so like Michael Jordan's like the '90s, and then Kobe's like late '90s, 2000s, and then he retired like 2016. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's the '70s and '80s. Uh, that's the Showtime era. <laughs> that's no, the, but like okay, so that's like, the airplane era. My, I was trying to lead you in the direction of LeBron James. Like if everybody knows his name. There's memes about him and all that. Uh-huh. He's like the face of basketball. I'm not a, I'm not a basketball man, so. Yeah, but you know who he is. Dad knows who he is. Um, even though he came under fire this year for the whole China thing, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's somewhere though. Yeah, I don't know what to make of all that. I um, mean, I, I I just again I don't think that we should be going to um, like a salon and getting our political opinions. So why are we going to a basketball player and getting his political opinions? Especially so, like why would you text somebody? Again, like Tony Hawk, who does so much for a community, like he created a, a school where like underprivileged kids get to go for free, and the education is that of like a private school. And if their parents do not have uh, uh, like high school diplomas, they can go to that school for free too, uh, uh, night classes, and get a GED or a high school education. And then they also do trade schools for the parents too. So it's like your kid, you know what I mean? Like no one else is doing that kind of shit. So like, who gives a shit if he has a, a, an opinion that differs from you? It's like he's a good dude, you know. Yeah, but I think people are. Uh, it's I don't know the China thing. I don't know. It's it's a it's a heavy topic right now. All like, he was trying to say was I don't think it's smart to tweet anti-China shit when we're sending three hundred people over to play basketball over there in a country that's not our own, and they have they'll arrest you for no reason there. You know what I mean? That's the problem. That that, that is the problem. But I'm saying like, I I agree and I disagree. It's one of those things where. Um, the, it was the owner of the Rockets who tweeted out, like, fuck China because of what they're doing right now. And, like, the whole – I don't even know. We, that's another thing with our, our um, the way Americans are is, like, we forget so quickly what we're protesting. Because how when's the last time you heard about the protesters in China, which I'm sure is still going on? It's been a couple of weeks since people really were talking about it. And, know? like, a, I, I bring this up a lot, but, like, for a solid week, you, you never heard anything except for – the Amazon rainforest is on fire, and like it did a ton of damage and all that. And now nobody talks about nobody it. Nobody seems to be talking about Venezuela anymore either, or like, Puerto Rico, or it's one of those things where it's and it's like as a as an uninformed. Uh, the only I mean, literally, my news app on my phone is all movie news, which is like you know, I I did this thing for a while where I um on my phone I subscribed to every major news thing, and it was like CNN, NBC, I did too. ABC, and then Fox News. And you know when I stopped. When? The 2016 election, because it was stressing me out so fucking bad that I would see news stories every fucking day about, like, you know, Donald Trump said this, and now Hillary's under fire for this, and you're just like, I can't take this anymore, and I, I like, I just had to, like, take that off my phone. I couldn't deal with it. It's like, I know that sounds so dumb and, like, white no. privilege, but I just, it's like, it, this is too much stress for me. Like, I don't know. I got, t- I got tired of seeing it, you know what I mean? And I think that's why... Even though you know I'm I'm not a Trump supporter, not by a long shot, but like yeah. when you, you know we saw uh, Knives Out, which was a, a fantastic movie. But my only problem with that is like they take like a break for, and for like five minutes go on like an anti-Trump rant. Kind of, I don't know. It's it's not like as egregious as I'm making it sound, but it is. It was enough to like take me out of the movie where I'm like, do I? 
I, I like I hear about this all the time. Do I? And I I'm not a movie to escape reality. I don't want to hear about it anymore. There's and then you compare that to uh, Black Klansman, which ended with footage from that um, when that challenger like ran over somebody. Remember that? Yeah. Was that well, and also the Tiki Torch people. And like that, I thought I was like, okay, that, that was, was a nice period. That was a very artful a way to do that. And I like I, it was poignant. I think that it? didn't take me out of the movie. That and, like I, I thought was like a, a stroke of genius almost. Like I, I remember we were walking out of the theater. I was like, wow, that was a hell of a way you to know end why? that movie. Because did that come out this year? I think it was last year. Why I mean, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't this year, but I think it was last year. Gotten a no- oh, you know why? Because it was. It was up for an award. It did. Uh, that movie. Because the whole point of that movie is just like, look what we did. We made progress, and we we made the clan look. Yeah, stupid, it has so a fake out positive power. ending, and then it switches, and you're and like, it's like, oh. by the way, we're not done yet. Is what that was. It wasn't like white people are terrible and all that because a very underrated movie. Yeah, um, Spike Lee's great. I hope he keeps doing good movies. Spike Lee's very hit or miss. It's crazy because like he makes some incredible films, and then he mm-hmm. makes some real fucking shitty movies too at the same time. Yeah, man, I don't. Yeah, like uh, the old boy remake was a little. I never saw it, but I did watch the Your Movie Sucks takedown of you it. You basically saw it. Then. It was pretty. Uh, it was, it was, it's like a shot for shot remake, but like, you know how like it's really popular to do those YouTube videos where it's like we're which that fad died really sh- quickly. Sweeting, I think it was called, right? Where you like recreate a trailer with, with like, like cardboard and like yeah, shitty effects and stuff. Um, it was like that, but with a high budget. So, I don't know, uh, but Knives Out, dude. Like, you know what's bothering me about that? Uh, that movie is on top of the like down your throat like the, I was telling we, we left the theater and I was like oh this movie tried to kind of take both sides of it where it's like they're, he's making fun of one of the daughters for being like SJW and then he's making fun of one of the kids and they like multiple times they call the kid from it like that plays uh, call him like an alt-right Nazi troll and yeah, shit like that. he plays the uh, what's his fuck I can't he stutters um, Bill the main character yeah he plays Bill um, which you know Underused, by the way. I was gonna movie. say, I really, I did really like that movie, but uh, the I remember seeing the trailers for him, like, wow, this is a killer cast. Like, Lakeith Stanfield's in it too, and you're like, oh, he's great. Then you go see the movie, and like, Lakeith Stanfield barely does anything in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid from it is is yeah, isn't it for like a, a sum total of like five minutes? Maybe he has like two speaking lines. Uh, I mean, Tony Collette was pretty great in it. There's, uh, oh, dude, she's a, like, I'm like a big fan of her now. Yeah, like especially after Hereditary. Obviously. I dude, I hadn't. I mean, I I didn't realize she was the mom from Sixth Sense. She's also great in that. But like, I haven't seen that. When I uh, oh, that's worth watching. It's actually good. Uh, I also need to see the visit. When I saw when we saw Hereditary, I was like, holy shit, this chick is insane. Like, uh, I I can't believe she didn't get an Oscar nom for that. Like that that was such a, an incredible performance in that movie. That was the closest thing we'll get to, like a Rosemary's Baby too, where, where it's like a, an actual a, a serious horror movie. Um, I mean, dude, we're in a, we're in a new era of the, like I've said this before, but like prestige horror movies. Where you it's know just what like, Ari Aster does that's amazing to me, and he I have only he's only made two movies, so we'll see if he does it again the next one. Um, he makes a lot of horror movies are when when uh, someone dies or whatever they we've said this before in the podcast, but I'll expand upon it. Where like when someone dies, it usually goes the sound is gone because it's hard to replicate that emotion that you would feel in real life. Pet Cemetery, the remake did that recently. Yeah, where the kid gets run over and then you see just you goes, see him screaming, but you don't. It's hear a it. cheap way out. of, yeah. of not acting. To me, that just reads oh the, they didn't have faith in their actor. They, mm-hmm. they 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 didn't like the way they emoted, so they covered it up. with One like, movie that did it music. really well back in the day, Clint Eastwood directed, is Mystic River. I think he directed that, right? I believe so. I, I still haven't seen that, and uh, it sounds amazing. like it's it, right there's up my alley. There's a scene. Uh, I mean, it's no spoiler, or whatever. Like one of the main characters' kids dies, and like they all think it's someone. That's the whole point of the movie. And uh, it's Sean Penn walking up on a um, a crime scene, and his daughter's been missing for like a day or two or whatever. And like he knows 
the cop. I think the cop is Kevin Bacon or somebody famous. Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn, and it, it's like a, it's a pretty stacked it's cast. A st- my... It's a stellar cast, yeah. And then like Kevin Bacon's a cop, and he like they grew up together, but he's like Sean Penn's character is like a gangster. His character is a cop, so like you could see at a certain point they they went opposite ways. And he's like, "Is that my daughter?" And like the scene is like three minutes long, and he's like starts freaking out and losing it, and like it never cuts away. And the same thing happened in Hereditary, where she goes like to get ready for work or whatever, and like she's like, "Well, everything's normal. My son, you know, brought my daughter, yeah. right, brought daughter home, and all that." And the daughter's like, "Can you imagine walking up on a car that is yours and like your your youngest child's in there and their head's not there?" Yeah, that, that would be terrifying. A lot of stuff in that movie where you're just like, holy, like I'm that movie. It's, like that movie is like really nihilistic. It's like anxiety personified. Like the entire movie, you were just like, what's gonna happen now? Holy fuck! Like you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, he did the same thing. Like so, he like focuses on that, and there's a lot of scenes where like the the tension is never cut. It's just it's just there to linger, and that's really uncomfortable. And seeing that in a theater was like it gave me so much anxiety. Like which is. That's what you want as a filmmaker. You want to we scare the audience. Too. When we saw Midsummer, it was the same deal. Same exact thing. There's a lot of dread in that movie where you're just like, what the fuck? What's happening now? You know what I mean? Like, like the scene where the, the old people are, I mean, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, you really should, uh, are jumping off the cliff because at a certain age they have to kill themselves. It's just a part of their like their history. Um, it does not cut away and you see the people fall and hit the ground. And it, like the, the two people that are like the New Zealand people in that movie that are visiting... Like, you see their reactions, and one of them is vomiting, and the other one's, like, freaking out, and they're like, why? Why would you do this, and all that? Most movies, they'd be like, oh, my God, and it would just cut away to the next scene. They're like, "That's that was so... What happened earlier, that was fucked up. Yeah. And, like, that, he doesn't do that, and, like, I really, like... I think that's why his movies are great, because especially that scene at the end of the movie where there's, like, an orgy going on, and she's, like, peeking through the peephole or whatever and all that. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, it's it's so well executed. <laughs> that was loud. So I keep hitting it, sorry. Um, but so my my complaint with Knives Out, aside from the political rhetoric or whatever, which is like, that's fine. If you want to make a political movie, make a political well, movie. You know what, but though? Like, you went out of your way to choose this house, this cast. Everybody's dressing in suits. It feels like a movie, like a clue. It feels like a... The, okay, so my biggest problem with that movie is everybody keeps calling it a whodunit. The problem with that, and spoilers, it's not really a spoiler. You find out in the first 10 minutes of the movie who killed him. Like... And the rest of the movie is that person trying to cover up who killed him, and it's kind of a reverse who done it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not really a flaw to me. That's more of a no. I like that, but I, I don't like tropes. that. I don't trust. Uh, I was on Letterboxd, and every review is like a, uh, an instant classic who done it, and it's like that's it's. I would say it takes who done it and puts it on its head. Yeah, and actually. The twist is by the end of the movie, it does become a whodunit, but only for the last like. I kind of you said this too, but like I kind of saw that ending coming. Like, oh, definitely. I, we won't have to spoil that, but it's just like the the final reveal where you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I figured, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that movie. I enjoyed it, but there was a couple times where I'm like, where is this going? Like, you know what I mean? Where not not in a way where like, oh, uh, the twist and turns, but I was just like. How are they gonna? How is he gonna tie this up? And I feel like he did a pretty good job, you know. But I yeah. mean, yeah. Well, and the, okay. So, like from a writing perspective, the entire movie, like these people's um, fortune is basically getting taken away, and it never really, like, feels like that. It's you know what I mean. Like it never really sits in that whole. Conversation. There's no like gravity to that where it's just like, yeah. well, without well, you know the money, why? we're gonna have to do this. I thought about this a lot early on in the movie. There's a maid in the movie, and her. It's the okay. So this goes back to the political thing. It, it's made very clear at the beginning of this movie. There's a, a maid named Marta, and she. I think she's from Paraguay. Or her mom's. From I, they Paraguay. said. I don't know if you noticed, but they said something different every single time. They said. Well, uh, she's. Oh, you're right. Because they, they. Well, the guy goes. The girl's from Brazil. Like he's joking about. Yeah, it. they said that first, and then they said. Um, 
they said Uruguay, Uruguay, Paraguay, and something else too. Uh, but the, yeah, every time they said, "Oh, you know, she's from from this country," it was a different country. Every and time, she never so. corrects them. Yeah, so you don't like really a, know where she's from. I so mean. they make it very clear that she, and they even say they're like, "Goddamn anchor baby!" At one point, well, yeah, so she says like, un, they're, she's undocumented too. One of the characters says, "Like, well, the, yeah." So they're like very like the movie. The white rich people are very resentful to this maid who's really close with the guy who was uh, seemingly murdered. Or seemingly committed suicide, depending on how you see the trailer. And throughout the movie, they keep bringing up early on that like her mother's undocumented. I'm like, well, that's gonna come up. Like yeah. you, you didn't like. And then there's a scene where like uh, the, the fortune might be going to her, and they make it very clear they're like, if you don't give us our fortune back, we're gonna make it very difficult for you, and we might have your mom deported or whatever. And yeah. I was like, wow, if you had only just saved that information until that scene, it would have been way more intense and impactful. And like, holy shit, I didn't know that's this is another side of the coin. I feel like I like Ryan Johnson and I appreciate his work, but he's it's and I'm I'm always interested in what he's doing, but he's a little clumsy sometimes. It's like a dam that's not holding water sometimes. Because you look at you look back at Looper and Looper for for the most part I like, but it's again a little clumsy where you're like there's some things in that that are just kind of not ironed out all the way. 100 percent. And um, I what's that? I don't hear anything. You don't hear that. Oh, she's watching some kind of movie with car. The our, oh, I was like, you freaked me out. I was like, is there like gunshots? I don't know. I, I, it sounded intense. Then I realized there's a car chase playing on the oh. in the room next door. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we I rewatched the uh, the Brothers Bloom with Matt and Michelle like a, a while ago, and I we got like halfway through it, and then we didn't we ended up not finishing it because they just weren't really into it. And I was like, I was like, this movie is. I I remember it's probably his best. I remember really loving it when I first saw it, but it's like you watch it again, and you're like, um, yeah, it's no, not actually. Well, Brick is his best it's for not sure. Flawless, yeah. Brick, I think is. is I think Brick is probably the closest it comes. He comes to being flawless because the script true. is so straightforward. I think I think that's the uh, we talk about this all the time too, where it's like a a band's first album is usually their best because that's the the one they've been practicing, you know, to get recording well, time and all the this. So- shit. They always say the sophomore album is like the crapshoot, where it's like it's either their best work or their worst. Yeah, and like there's a, there's you know exceptions like Radiohead didn't really get good until OK Computer, depending on how big of a fan you are. I was say, or I, mean, I guess mainstream. I really enjoy their their first two albums, you know, like uh, it's it's, it's uh, Pablo Honey, and then is it the Benz or Amnesiac? The Benz is the second. Okay, one. the Benz is a great album. I'll give them that. Yeah, the Benz is underrated, honestly. Uh, There's some Honey. stuff on Amnesiac too, um, but yeah, uh, okay. Hail to the Thief is great. Okay, Computer is kind of. I feel like Okay, Computer is kind of overshadowed now, just because people are like they have such a diverse, you know, discography at this point. That that's a, they're getting up there with albums, and it's like I wonder what they're gonna do next, like because they he likes to swap it up. Like yeah. uh, the King of Limbs is nothing like I don't even remember the name of the newest album is, but it is, uh, it has, Moonshade Pool. Which has, is, they're like complete. You, you could you would think it was by a different band. Yeah. Which you know, it goes to show you how creative they are. Johnny Greenwood did a, um, he has a solo project that just came out that's actually really. Oh good. really? Yeah. He's like one of the best musical like composers for movies going right now too. Him uh, and the it's the dude from Tool, right? Uh, no, I um, think. the guy from, not Tool. Um, I'm pretty sure he's like solo st- his stuff because he works with um David Fincher. No, that's uh, that's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross that work with. That's uh, who I was thinking of, Trent Reznor. He's from Nine Inch Nails. Okay, yeah. I get Tool and Nine Inch Nails confused because they kind of. I mean, I, yeah, forgive I, me if you're a fan of them. I, they sound the same to me. In Nine Inch Nails does nothing for me, like at all. But I, he, he is an incredible film composer. Like, yeah. The yeah. thing with Nine Inch Nails though is like I gave them a shot because the fans of Nine Inch Nails usually have good taste in books and movies, and I'm like, all right, I'll give this, I'll give this a listen. And the music is embarrassing for me to listen to, and I don't yeah. mean that as like a um, like a mean thing to say, but I mean like I 
I, I, if I rolled up in a car next to somebody, I would not be blasting because uh-huh. it's like the songs are very sexual and aggressive and all that. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, like it, it's, it's it's like it's awkward for me to hear someone else sing. It's like I want to fuck you like an animal and all that with like this electronic synth going on in the background. It's definitely just of a time. You know what I mean? Like it's it, very Matrix. It 90s. hasn't. Yeah. It has not. There's there's this. um there's this like aesthetic of '90s cool that yeah, it's mostly tied to the Matrix at this point. That it's, uh, it's a it started with like Johnny Mnemonic and Hackers and all yeah. that, and it like just really like I th- I want to say it peaked with the first Matrix just movie, leather trench coats and fucking you know tiny tiny stuff. sunglasses and uh, it's like post grunge, but you know pre. For for some reason in the early two thousands everybody was just like hey let's get really into folk music again you know what I mean let's yeah, all let's right. all start dressing like it's the fucking sixties again it's like yeah I don't know we're kind of well, out of that and then now. like we got into like this weird like alt like alt rock pop phase with like um uh Foster the People for a while like that was really yeah. like the Naked and Famous Foster the People like that kind of stuff was really really popular and then like immediately like we went from that to like that music but turned into like anthem rock with like I don't even, imagine dragons i was gonna say yeah music. i was like i don't even know where we are now because even imagine dragons feels like it's old at this point yeah and then 21 pilots too like th- there was this weird era like Did in 21 the 2015 pilots i think so where these haven't done anything do you ever like this is my my thing something will come out that i can't fucking stand and then i'll just be like yeah whatever give it a couple years and people won't give a shit anymore 100 and that's that it, it's like I, I have found in life that that is like the one truism i can always rely on is it's just like yeah, like uh, something that you, that's super popular that you can't stand will eventually go away. Like, when was the last time you heard someone talk about the fucking Jonas Brothers? You know what I mean? Like, it's true. Or, or even, like uh, what, what, One Direction. Yeah, Justin even Bieber, Justin Bieber. It's Taylor like Taylor Swift. Justin Bieber. You thought we, we were never going to see the end of Justin Bieber, and it's like, well, I mean, he kind of faded away. Like, you know, you don't really. They, but then the problem is, then they become like a legacy sometimes, or like they come back. Like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I remember hating that shit when I was a kid, and now it's like people talk about it like, oh, that's classic music. Yeah. And you're like, no. It's officially become classic when I think you do like a a, a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, well, once That's they start weird. doing like the reunion like, tours and shit, it's like, almost like a hall of uh, the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, induction. It's like if you perform at the um, Super Bowl, it's like you're, you're you finally made it, I think, or you're officially like you're cemented in that like Hall of Fame. Because think about it, there's only what like f- there's only been like 47 Super Bowls, so, and I don't think they were televised until the 70s, so. Yeah, it's like it's a weird thing. I remember there was a. Video. I'll never forget the U two one though. That one was like that was like yeah. what America needed at the time. It was right after nine eleven. That was kind of a big deal. I remember that. Yeah. Um. I remember I saw. I think it was it was. I don't. Know, there was like a video or or some website like a like a listicle website like a crack type of website that had a rundown of every um uh halftime show ever that was televised at least because you know they weren't all televised and some of them dude it's it it wasn't always what it is now. Like there's one there's the, there was a Michael Jackson one where it's so awkward because it's like in the middle of the day complete daylight he's on a stage with like no there's no like um, production value to it whatsoever he's just a dude on a stage and it's just it's just I don't know it, it, it's it feels very forced yeah it's it, it's not what it is now that's for sure and then yeah some some years they would just get like a like a shitty parade or something would come out they wouldn't even have a musical guest it's like it, it's interesting how that's evolved over the years I gotta tell you man. Uh, there's a certain kind of person that loves parades and I am not one of them. Like I, there is nothing I want to see less than a parade. And yeah, like, as a Disneyland guy, uh, the one that's thing actually where I was going with this. I was <laughs> like, there's like, there's two types of people that go Disneyland. There's the people that like, there's go, more than two. 
There's a lot of there's a lot of subgroups like of the Disneyland <laughs> fandom. <laughs> I well, didn't know we were getting into the weeds. You could start a fucking like a, one of those. Well, uh, think about tree it. You, get, you got the people that go there and watch all the fucking parades. And you have the people that are only there for the rides, obviously. Then you have the foodies who are like, that's that's a whole subculture in itself where it's like, oh, I yeah. got it. There's limited edition snacks every time you go because they they want to keep the locals. That just shows coming. you how good Disneyland is at it marketing is, yeah. because. They go, there's people that, there's a whole subsect of people that want to come here and just eat the food. And they're like, all right, well, it's going to be $11 for a corn dog. And then they will buy it. And then, like, they, you know, next time they come in three months, we'll roll out this weird Parrot Bay margarita. Like, you know, like Uh some kind of, like, it's it's really, it's like a... um, a snake eating itself, but like with money. Yeah, it's. And it's well, I, I got at, at one point you're like they're evil, but another way you're like, well, I mean, like, are they evil because they're doing it, or are they are they really smart because they realize people are dumb enough to just give in and give their wallets away? There's the people too that just that specifically go there for merchandise, which I will never fucking understand. Where it's like, are we thinking of the same people? Yeah. I well, wonder. I mean, the Funko Pops. That's that's that could be its own subgroup. But there's also people that show up. They're like, oh, I have to get this limited edition like Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary keychain for like it a sells shirt out. or something like that. Yeah. There's people that are like diehard about like collecting certain items like that. And then there's the pin traders too. That's a whole other subset. If you're Funko Pops are, are their own subset, the pin traders are their own subset too. The thing is with like the collecting aspect of it, I could get into that. I collect a few things uh, here and there. Like I collect if it a, means too many a, things. So but yeah, but like. I can't get behind anything Disney does because if it makes a profit and people collect it, it's not collectible because they're True. just gonna keep it going. So yeah. like, when you say like we love Cowboy Bebop and like there's this limited edition Spike figure coming out, we know that aside from that TV show that just got put back because John Cho or uh-huh. whatever got injured, they're not making another anime ever. So yeah. when that collectible statue comes out and you buy it for $120, it only ever goes up in value. But when you buy a Funko Pop from Disneyland of the Haunted Mansion characters or whatever. And it starts at twenty dollars, and as soon as you like Funko Pops are the new diamonds, dude. Like as soon as you buy yeah, them, they lose eighty percent of their value. <laughs> like uh, that, I remember I heard that statistic where they're like, "Did did you know like the the ring that the diamond is imprinted on or in, in, in encased in is m- worth more than the diamond as soon as you purchase it? Like you paid five thousand for a diamond, it's only worth like eight hundred as soon as you walk out that door. It's like that the depreciation well, is almost instant, and it's 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 like dramatic. Are millennials killing the diamond industry yet? We killed every other dumb industry, right? Uh, yeah, that was an article a while ago. Uh, there's a few things that boomers love that we're not participating in. Like right now, it's very popular. If you ever go to the gym or you just see nurses or people, or whatever, you can't have metal rings, so people have like those silicone rings, uh-huh. and those cost like thirty dollars. And uh, nobody's buying like the seven thousand dollar ring, or I mean that's probably low. I don't. I'm sure I've never been married. Yeah, so. I have no fucking clue about buying rings. Drew and Faith, help us out. <laughs> but to bring it back to Disneyland, of course. Uh, I mean, we were getting there. The, anyway. the one thing, you know, we have, there's all these subsets of, of fandoms of people that go to Disneyland, and which is you know, that doesn't even count the people that are just going just because it, it's a fucking theme park, and they're like, hey, let's go hang out. It, you know, there's like different versions of people that are like, oh, let's I need to go there for this specific purpose. The one that I do not understand are the not children but grown adults who are like, I gotta go so I can get my picture taken with fucking Goofy and and have him sign my autograph book. It's like, what, dude? Goofy, that's not real. Like, like the Goofy, like the the characters that they put a lot of effort into make sense. It's when it's like Bastion is, uh, no, uh, who's the handsome? Never story. <laughs> Maybe you and Gaston. Gaston. Okay, so that just shows you how not inundated I am. Um, 
it's like it doesn't even look like the guy. He's a real person from an animated movie. Oh man, the like, fucking that worst. one makes no sense. The worst one of all, and I've showed it to you before, is the, the Jack Skellington. Jack <laughs> like that, they, I've seen cosplay that looked better than that. It's like, dude, you guys, you have like an unlimited budget. You got to figure something out with this this shit. The like, Jack Skellington guy that they have walking around on the premises looks like he has an autoimmune disease, and he's really like malnourished. It's and so all bad. That. It, it looks terrible. It just makes you think, like, how hard would it be to just make a big round skeleton head? Like, why? Why? Is it fucking like okay? Take the take the effort that they put in that, and then apply that to Mickey Mouse. First of all, Can just, you imagine how terrifying that would look. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen the original mascots that they had for like opening day. They look fucking really shitty. Should post these on the Instagram so people can see what we're talking about. But like, yeah, Google fucking. This is Jack's why I want to hook the HD mic. I ha- it's like twelve feet. I could do that and just look it up so that you and I can see it. Just Google Jack Skellington Disneyland and just look at how bad that it, it's. Oh, I'll say me. No, well, I mean, <laughs> do whatever you want. But yeah, I'm, if you're listening. Just give that give that a Google, plug that in there, and see, um, see where it takes you. Oh, is that what's that old photo of like like a bunch of people in a, a theater and they're all wearing like the Mickey Mouse um, face mask and it looks really creepy. I don't know. I feel like that's just something somebody did for. It's not real. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a cool photo though. I w- that would be cool on a shirt. Yeah. But um, you know what makes even less sense than me is, is the people that will spend an entire day and they don't go into Disneyland. They just go to Downtown Disney, which is for like. It's just a, a a strip mall. It's I like mean, yeah. Other than like, the Lego store, what could you get there that is not anywhere else besides maybe like a um a, a Disney themed restaurant? Well, they also have limited edition merch that you can only get at certain stores there See, too. Dude, so like they just, again, they are like trapping you. Yeah. Uh, they also got rid of that. Uh, what's that? The Rainforest Cafe. There's only like a couple of those left now. I had a great time when we went. Yeah, it's it's a fun restaurant. The food sucks, but you know. The drinks were you fantastic. You kind of just get though. over it. Like, did we ever tell that story about how we we had never been, and uh, mom and dad finally like, well, all right, we're gonna eat at the Rainforest Cafe. We're like back First to school all, shopping. I just want to say, like, for some reason, when I was a kid, dude, I was obsessed with the Ontario Mills Mall. Like, I remember because lo- it was like, awesome. We used to love going there because they they had the the van skate park where so it was like you could watch people like skate in these mm-hmm. like crazy setups. I can't believe I can't believe that, they got rid I of that. I was always such a like a wuss when it come to when it came to skating. It was like I. W- I wanted to skate so bad, and I'll be like, "Please take me to the van skate park." And then one time they paid the twenty five dollar fee or whatever, and I was just so scared to go on anything because I just, it's almost like uh, people are like, "I want to, I want to write a script," and then you finally give them, you know, a computer and like the the the, the, the script writing format and all that, and they're like, "I don't know what I'm doing." That's what I got when I went there. I was like, "I don't know how to fucking grind or drop in on a, a fucking uh, vert ramp." Like, not only that, like. Do you remember how insanely huge those vert ramps were? Yeah. It's like, who do you expect to, besides were Tony them, Hawk himself, to come in here and actually do something on that? And now the van store there is fucking tiny compared to the one that it's, used to it's be It's kind of a, yeah, fall from grace. Although, it's ironic when you consider that vans were not that popular back then, and yeah. now they're huge. I always I can't stress that enough to people. Like, in the 90s, we were wearing fucking champion hoodies and, and, and vans and Filas a, and all that. And, like, we did not want... Like, everyone was wearing Nikes and Jordans and, and Allen Iversons. We definitely talked about this before, where there was that Vans outlet store, like, down the street from where we mm-hmm. lived. And we were there, like, once a week buying cheap shoes. It was... They had, they had sidewalk sales. Yeah. They were, like, the originators of that. And I remember, like, specifically, you bought a pair of shoes that were, like, size 13 or 14, which is what you needed. And, like, they were, like, $15. I would, dude, I always... Growing up, I always cleaned up on shoes because they would have... 
shoes left over in size like 13, 14, 15. You know, as I got older, my shoe size kept getting it. Like it would, it would whatever my age was, that was my shoe size at the same time. That's kind of true, yeah. And uh, until you hit like sixteen, yeah. And basically, I, I, I around like fourteen. For some reason, I remember there was a couple times where I had size fifteen shoes, and and but. I, Depending you, on the brand, your shoe size could go up three or four sizes. Yeah, for you. but usually I, fourteen is is you know pretty. And then like weirdly enough, uh, if I if I get like you know old school Chuck Taylors, those are size thirteen fits fine. But like Vans is a fourteen. Most most shoe, shoe sizes I wear are fourteen, um, which is like twice what most people wear. That's true. <laughs> but uh, that being the case, pre internet sales, anytime you'd go to a, a shoe store in the mall or something, like they would have like you know a section of like clearance. Please get these out of our store, and it'd be like ten bucks for like two pairs of shoes in size fourteen. And I just again would just clean up. Like I would always get really killer deals on that shit. I um, do you remember when we were young? I wasn't allowed to get more than one pair of shoes because I had this weird thing where like I couldn't wear more than one pair at a time because I like it would like fuck with my feet or something like that. I don't know. I always remembered we had to have this. Maybe it was just mom and dad brainwashing me. They're like, well, we have to get Robert three pairs of shoes because <laughs> we never find his size. And and I'm like, I understand. I mean, that always worked out in my favor, too, where it's like, like if if they had 10 pairs of shoes and they were all a dollar a piece, we're like, well, we're going to buy all 10 of them because you never know when you're going to find more shoes. That's why the Barstow outlets were lit back in the day, because once that van store closed, we would travel a great distance to find like deals. And the thing, it's still I still do pretty well on because, again, bigger shoe sizes just don't sell. So if you just hold out like till Black Friday or something like I got I got like a new pair of Adidas for work that were like more than half off. I can't remember what I, what I paid for. They were like. I want to say 60 or something. And I'm they're very normally- excited about, uh, I got a duffel bag and they had a deal where it's like the duffel bags are normally 60 bucks, but if you pay a hundred, they throw in seven random t-shirts and you could choose between graphics or blanks or whatever. So I got a duffel bag and seven tees for like, that are just pocket t-shirts for a hundred bucks flat, which is pretty awesome. I just got in the mail today. I, I ordered a shitload of 4k Blu-rays on, on a uh, black, not black Friday. Yeah. Black Friday. Cause today's cyber Monday. And, uh, they all they all showed up today. I got Batman Returns, fucking the original Die Hard, uh, Shape of Water, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, something else. I can't remember what the other one was, but and then I got a, D, a Blu-ray set of like every one of the Mission Impossible movies up to the newest one. So that's pretty cool. That's good. So a lot, a lot of stuff to watch. A lot of good in the near stuff future. going on. What up? Here he comes. It's it's Bryce Walker, everybody. He's Bryce Walker, Mister Starbucks himself. There's no accidents in this life, dude. Um, oh, let me pause this. I got to piss really bad. No one cares. <laughs> All right, I'll just leave it running then. Uh, let me hear. Let me sound test you real quick there, Bryce. I think you're... Hello? 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 Oh, yeah, you sound good. Sound clean. Was right, it, I'll be right back. Was it this way or sideways? No, you're good. Okay. Talk into it like it's an ice cream cone. Gotcha. Uh, here's some deep cut anime bullshit I was going to tell you about earlier. Uh, mm. The show I'm watching... It's called Kimono Michi Rise Up, and it's about uh, <laughs> it's about a, a pro wrestler in Japan who gets summoned to another world, and they they ask for his help to defeat all of these uh, evil demon monsters. But he's obsessed with animals, and he he wants to be like a, a veterinarian or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm only on the first episode, okay. and he, and so he suplexes the princess and says uh, instead he's going to protect all the demon animals from from being harmed by them, and. I don't know. It's pretty nuts. So you know, you know how Japan gets some of their shit. Yeah. But uh, the the guy that wrote the novel series that this show is based on wrote another novel series called Konosuba. I mean, the the full title is like is fucking super long, but they shortened it to Konosuba. Mm. And um, the movie just came out in American theaters. I want to say like two or three weeks ago. 
and Roger Avery, who's co-writer of Pulp Fiction, which a lot of people don't know, that wasn't 100% Tarantino. Mm. Uh, Roger Avery actually wrote the scene with um, uh, Christopher Walken where he's talking about hiding the watch up his ass. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> he went on Twitter recently, and and or no, he was on. I think it was Letterbox. He gave it a, like a five star review, and then like posted on Twitter like how much he enjoyed the the Konosuba movie, and people were just like losing their shit because it's like the guy that helped write Pulp Fiction is like a like a, a fan of not only anime but just kind of it's not even it's not obscure, but it's it's definitely like an under the radar. You right. know, it's not fucking Demon you know, Slayer. Yeah, exactly. Naruto. Which uh, I feel like we can all, if if we're gonna have a Rob's anime corner for a minute, uh, we can all definitely recommend Demon Slayer. If if you're if you're an anime, <coughs> I'm it's sorry, the feel good anime of the year. If you're an anime and you haven't seen that, uh, get on that because it's 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 a fun show. It reminds me of like the old day, like the golden days when like Bleach and Naruto were still new, and like even One Piece. I mean, it wasn't new, but it was still like relatively new. And you're like, it was like a like a golden age of shonen or series like, back then, like mm. the Cell Saga. Yeah, <laughs> where it's mm. like like the the Cell Saga is pretty perfect. Uh, I feel like most people prefer the uh, the Frieza. Yeah, Frieza is great. It's just really long. Yeah, but I I like how I mean if we're gonna DVZ, I, I like how they they one fades into the other. You know, like Trunks yeah. shows up. It's kind of perfect. Frieza. Yeah, I don't know. I like that show 100. percent Though I also really love the uh, Majin we Buu saga, even though not everyone's into that. I like it. Me and Rob were talking yesterday, Bryce, about how like I enjoy the slice of life aspects of uh, DBZ like a lot. Like the, mm. the filler episodes are just as cozy and fun as any other. Like the, I love the episode where he gets his license with yeah, Piccolo. I was just about to say it. That's a good one. Or all the episodes where he's like on, um, uh, po- Mr. Popo's, uh, no, is, who's the, is it Mr. Popo's the, the dude from the racist the, caricature? Yeah. <laughs> Not him. Uh, who's the, fuck, I'm running a blank. I should know this. The guy who has his own planet with a convertible on it. Um, when they die, they go train at his place. Uh, oh, King Kai. Yeah, King Kai. There you go. <coughs> Sorry, I don't know how I'm fucking blanked on that. Like that, a lot the, of characters in that the training and that shit, like that. Like it's it's like fun when Yamcha and Krillin and, and Vegeta and all them are hanging out there. You know, it's good. I stuff. always like to um, Inuyasha would would have these long story arcs, and then like every so often they'd break for like an episode. And they go or two. to the real world. Yeah, where he would go back to the real world with Kagome and just kind of hang out. Like uh, those were always my favorite episodes. Where it's like, didn't he like meet her parents at a certain point? Yeah, that? or like Evangelion too. It has like one or two episodes where I love just, the DDR episode. They're just kind of hanging out. Yeah, that that's a great episode. Yeah, there's a couple episodes of that. Like the one where uh, uh, Misato and and fucking uh, what's their name? Uh, oh Asuka? shit! Not that anyone listening knows, but uh, oh Ritsko, like they have to go to like this uh, like world peace conference and like argue against like these uh, um, artificially manned. Like ro- giant robots, no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, it's it's like not something you would expect to show up in an anime. It's like very uh, like political, which I guess the guy that directed that uh, Hideaki Hideaki Anno, I think his name is or Anno, mm-hmm. did a, a new version of Godzilla a couple years ago that won like the best picture in like the Japanese version of Academy Awards. And from what I've heard, it's kind of like that where it's just a lot of like political um, discourse in that movie. It's like. Uh, all these committees and shit being like, how are we going to handle it? There's like no main character, really. It's just like a bunch of government officials being like, what are we going to do about this? And I, that's it's harder to write, too. Yeah. Better pay off. Also, I've said this a couple times, but I really, really liked uh, that new Godzilla. It like I saw it in the theater and I was like, that was pretty good. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, God damn, that was a fun movie. Like, I really <clears> want to rewatch that. Should I pause it for like a second and just set Jacob up? Do what that will. All right, I'll do that. Hold on a sec. We'll be right back, guys. Alternative Christmas movies. Everyone knows Die Hard, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Returns, also a great Christmas movie if you're looking for something offbeat. Uh, also one of my like top ten favorite movies ever, Batman Returns. Uh, 
Fucking Gremlins, also a great choice. Krampus, which you were saying you haven't seen I haven't yet. I haven't seen that. Um, Talk in the mic real quick. Let me see if I can hear you. Hello. You're good. You ever see uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah, it's a great movie. That's, that I, I, I want, I've been wanting to. We could just find, like, like you said, weird alternative uh, Christmas movies and just kind of yeah. go from there. Um, like, well, what else? I'm trying to, like, is Le- the first Lethal Weapon set on Christmas, right? Mm, it's one of them. One of them is for sure. I think I've only seen the first one. You know what? You're right. There's a part because he has Christmas decorations up on his trailer. Mm. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of the first two. I don't remember. What do, you, what do you think is your favorite Christmas movie? Because I, I posted a thing on the Movie Slob account where I was like, it's uh, fucking Christmas Vacation is 30 years old this year. And I was trying to think, I was just I, like, is that? The great thing about Christmas Vacation is it was the first one I ever saw. And I thought it was a standalone movie oh, for the true, longest yeah. time. And then it's it's my favorite it, of the vacation movies for sure. Oh, yeah, dude. The other ones don't even hold a candle I mean, to the it. You know why? Because cool, it's so relatable. The other ones are so like bombastic and out of like yeah. you, you can't really follow them you're Vegas like Vegas Vacation's funny but it's not it doesn't have that Christmas Vacation really nails when you're like you want to have a good Christmas but your family's such a piece of shit collectively that you're like why can't well they really leave? nail like the shitty uncle the shitty racist yeah, uncle coming absolutely. over yeah. like we we quote that movie in our daily lives my dad will walk out of the bathroom he goes shitter's full like that whole the whole thing where he's like vacuuming out his septic tank from his, his RV I, I feel like I say holy shit hallelujah a lot when I'm just like that's when you're just like exasperated to a point where you're like where's the Tylenol every time I see that meme where it's the clown makeup and he's like if I show up every day to work or whatever it reminds me of the jelly of the month club <laughs> and it's like if you try hard for a corporation you're only ever going to become the jelly of the month like it's, you're not getting the, anything the out of it clown to clown communication yeah <laughs> and then it, if you scroll down even more, it was like clown to clown conversation. <laughs> that killed me. Oh man. Okay. It's pissing me off. What? My my phone is not connected to my computer, but it's still receiving messages right now. So I also not... really love um, a Muppets Christmas Carol because it's Michael Caine playing fucking Scrooge, and it's it's just like the music's really good. And the directing is really good. It's um, Jim Henson's son, I think, is the one that directed that one. Have you seen that in a while? Scrooge? No, it's Scrooge is fucking great, yeah. Oh, The Muppets Christmas Carol? Yeah. It's a great movie, dude. Um, Watched that in high school. uh, Shoutouts. What was was the the Muppets movie where they're pirates? Uh, Muppets Muppets Treasure Treasure Island, Island, dude. Come on. Fucking love that movie. It's not a Christmas movie, but it's a great Muppets movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch all those movies. I don't think I've seen any Muppets Rocky Horror Picture Show is in Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry, who is also in Home Alone 2. And Clue. Yep. Man, you haven't I seen any Clue. of the Muppets movies, dude? I kind of think they're cringe. No, really, dude? They're fucking yeah. hilarious. Okay, we gotta watch Muppet Christmas Carol, dude. That that movie's fucking great. I like. I swear to God, it's I just like, don't really like Kermit or like Piggy or whatever. Like, I just I don't know. I think those are just really cringe made characters. I mean, let's see if we can change his opinion. I don't know, dude. I, I try, but I like, mean, <laughs> it's been it's been pretty dead set since I was like ten years old. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, dude. I, I ride or die for the Muppets, like. <laughs> Muppet game. Where are the two old people? Dude, Statler and Waldorf are my fucking... Whoa! I feel like they've influenced my like who I am as a person more than maybe anything. Mom was the first person that pointed yeah, that out. Yeah, because they're constantly just, sta- just sitting in the background being like, yeah, all right, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, <laughs> that's literally me and Rob at any Christmas party can watch or Thanksgiving. We'll see, because I don't think I've seen it. I think but. a stizzle might you know change your opinion. I also love how uh, in in the Muppets Christmas Carol, it's, it's both of them are playing... Uh, Jacob Marley, except one of them is Jacob Marley and the other one's Robert Marley, which is literally Bob Marley. Like, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Um, I like that. Yeah, I'm fucking. I'm all in. I I listen to uh, one of my favorite podcasts right now. If anyone's looking for another one, is it's called Whiskey Ginger, and it's a- Andrew Santino, who's a, a great comedian, and um, he did a solo episode today. It's called like Why I Hate Thanksgiving, and it's just like 
point after point after point of just like nailing it. He's like, the food sucks. He's like, turkey is a shit fucking meat. And Somehow, I was like, we should nobody not knows be. how to cook, cook turkey either. Like, it's, it's so I've had rare. one good turkey in my life, and it was deep fried. And it was when we were at um, turkeys dank, yeah. uh, Mike's and Aunt Dot's back yeah. in the day. And that was the only time. And I was like, I could eat this. But it was only the pieces with the skin that was fried, you know? Yes. Mm. That's uh, what I had this evening. It was great. Ham is fire if you get the honey baked ham. Honey baked ham is lit. But Dad, nobody Dad ever gets ham. Dad. Okay, Dad's ham was the saving grace of our fucking Thanksgiving is, party. Yeah. And um, but the problem is with my dad is you you want to steer him towards desserts because he he makes a killer cheesecake, dude. If he yeah. really puts his heart and soul into it. And let me tell you, there's a reason cheesecakes are expensive because to make a good one, you have to put fucking effort into it. Mm. It's like science. He gets so upset when it cracks, like. Oh he just yeah, dude. So he does this whole thing where he has he he bought like special cheesecake making like baking stuff where like it's that thing it doesn't have a bottom to it yeah. and like it like unhinges and all that and oh. it like loosens it and all that and then he puts like water underneath the pan and all that so it doesn't get so hot that it cracks the cheese and the and all that it's wow. it's it's really like a, a loving um, effort that he puts into it and when it cracks it like breaks his heart. But it's still I don't understand that it's like even bad looking food can taste delicious like look at curry. Curry's great. <laughs> curry I sucks. fucking love curry. I had spicy curry. It was all right. Curry on not cold yellow though. No yellow curry. Thank you. Curry on a cold day is like the best thing. It's like chili and cornbread. Mm. Yeah. Oh god, cornbread's so good. I was gonna say I'm not a chili guy, but I fucking I, I goes in on cornbread. Dude, I love. My chili. sister makes a jalapeno and cheese cornbread. Can uh, can I give her the money to buy all the stuff and she can just make that? <laughs> I don't know. She might do it for Christmas this year. I don't know. You know what you did? And I think about it. I shit you not. At least once a month. I'm not joking. Is when you made those uh, chicken buffalo oh, sliders with the, with the, the uh, fucking uh, the Hawaiian rolls. Yeah, dude. <laughs> those are I was like, dank. I don't know if we'll ever get this again, but it was amazing. So I ate like seven of those. So I if just, you want to do that again one night? I'm just, fucking down. Like I'm. Just, I'm so goddamn lazy when it comes to cooking. I'm just like, fuck, just put it in the microwave. I don't eat it. Like, <laughs> I'm the same way. Although, like, I actually really enjoy cooking, but it's just hard in our house. Yeah. Uh, our house is too tiny. There's too many com- commentators around it. There's too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, if you will. Too many cooks? Um, yeah, I just... I, I get... Every year, I'm like... I, I get high-key jealous of your, your Thanksgivings, Jacob, because you guys get fucking prime rib and stuff like that. I'm like, you bastard. Lobster and so, shit. It's so good. What? Lobster? When did you get lobster? Oh, that was for your birthday. Huh? Oh, yeah. Crap. You know, lobster, I learned this today, through that podcast, was actually served to inmates. It was like not considered a delicacy back in the day. It was like the easiest, cheapest thing to feed prisoners back in like the East Coast. Yeah. Lucky. And now it's a delicacy. Lobster. What's that? Did you fond of me, lobster? Lobster and crab are great. Um, I was telling Rob, there was, I can't <gasps> name anyone because it's just mean because I heard about what happened afterwards, but uh, we were at... Thanksgiving and there's like a group of people sitting by a computer and like the computer went into sleep mode and like you know how if you don't have a background it'll start playing like those stock images of like landscapes and fucking mountains and and greenery and all that there's a lady who I've never met before but uh, she was like fixated on the computer and every time a new picture would come up she's like wow when did you guys take these when did you go to Mount Fuji? <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like very clearly like Mount Everest in one of the photos or like the Grand Canyon or whatever. And it's like a Something. sweeping shot. Like it's from a drone and all that. Like no, no human that has like, that lives in Southern California would have access to a camera that high quality with these pictures from that height and all that. And she's mm. just sitting there and taking it in. And she's like, oh my God, when did you guys go mountain climbing? Like she just keeps making, I'm like playing pool and I'm like watching it And I was like, oh my God. Wow. Uh, yeah, that just that killed me. Yikes. Um, that it tickled me, if you will. 
And then we played Uno, and I things got really that. heated, by the way. Like, I don't know. Like, I we the, the rules that we were playing when we played on the phone did not apply. Like, my cousin Kyle was like, you can't stack plus twos and all that. And I'm like, you can, though. Like, you can stack them up to plus eight, right? I don't yeah, know. What, I don't know what the limit six, is, but you can. If like if we're playing in a circle and I have a plus two, I'm like fuck you, Jacob. Plus two, and then Jacob's like, haha, I have a plus two as well. And then it goes to Rob, and then Rob right. can go, I have a plus two, and then it screws the price over. I feel like we he play wasn't more, having it. I feel like we play more savage version of Uno. True, but it's also remember you always <laughs> keep like the wild card at the very end, so it's the last card or whatever. He's like, you can't end on a wild card. Yeah, you can. Like, pretty sure you can. <laughs> you definitely can. And so it got heated a little bit. And also, like, the, the fun thing about Uno for me is when you're playing fast. You know what I mean? Where people are constantly dropping cards, and you're like, we were definitely playing with a couple of people that just weren't paying attention to the rotation. So everyone would be like, "Your turn." Yeah, it's your turn. And like, it got old. Uh, that night we played with Drew and Faith. Here was like some of the best Uno experience I've had. Yeah. Like, we played for like three hours straight. Yeah, claws sucked, but um, any, that's neither here nor there. Uh. Do you have any, um, I don't know, you, you're never here because you're at work. Do you have any crazy fucking calls that, that you've been thinking about lately? Oh, man. I don't know. My brain's like mush right now. Just from, cause <laughs> from the like, wh- holidays? As soon as I got into work, it was like, there was already like over like 300 calls in the oh, queue. And it's going to be like that until Christmas. And probably day. after because everybody was like getting gifts and shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably a lot of TVs that don't work. Yeah, TVs or, I don't know, just... Random. I don't know. I can't even think right now, dude. It's just a lot. I'll have to think about it. Come back to me with that. <laughs> I mean, other than like talking to Draymond Green's fiance, like that was just who was a total weird. bitch, by the way. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you're fine here. It ain't no, yeah. ain't no way she or he will listen to this. And I also don't like Draymond Green anyway. Big baby. That's, that's just so odd that this is fucking odd. Hey, I found out <laughs> one of my coworkers talked to Anna Ferris the other day. You're like, That's what weird. happened with yeah. you and uh, Chris Pratt there, She bud. had, like, her lawyer on the line or something with Wait, her, too? so... What were they calling about? It, I don't know. Something about her appliances. Wait, her, it's her not... Her Maytag didn't work. It's, okay, so when you take calls, it's not directly linked to your store. It's, like, all of Best Buy, because that's fucking weird. That it's national. It's oh, national. Okay, online. gotcha. Because I was going to say... It's like, weird to think that, like, these celebrities... Like, Draymond Green, for, you know, he's insanely rich. Like, he just signed a contract with them. Like, an early... He didn't have to. He could have waited another year and got a max contract. He signed a contract midway through his other contract to get like ninety million. So, to think that somebody that has a shoe shoe deal and like commercials and all that is sitting there and being like, uh, I got to call Best Buy and figure out this. It's like, dude, you could just order a whole new other one. You know what I mean? It's just weird to me that that also Anna Ferris, who's been in like a ton of movies and she's on a a hit TV show right now with her like she where is she, one of the most popular podcasts in the game right now yeah it's like to think that she has to call for like support is, is just it, it's weird and uh yeah. you think these people like imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger calling in he's like it does not work like you're like <laughs> I wish he's like that's a bad accent impression you're it's like at what point do you realize it's Anna Ferris like it, when you read her name off like, yeah it, you'd get her number and be able to see that's how I saw Dream she's like Green. just friends come on <laughs> it's a great movie um well, she I mean, was in that, right? Oh, there's an Animal Crossing yeah, manga coming out. Oh, what? Yeah, That's a good movie, Just Friends. That's a Christmas movie, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We should yeah, watch it. Yeah, it is, actually. Uh, I just, you know what's hard for me to, okay, so Ryan Reynolds is like, everybody knows he's married to Blake Lively, and they're like happy. Like, it's all over the internet. Anytime they post a picture of them, like everyone, they, there's news headlines about it. There's like a new commercial for a cologne that he's in where he's like flirting with another girl, and I'm like, I'm not buying that. Mm. You can't, You can't have this persona on Instagram where you're like, the perfect dad, like you have the looks and you're like funny and like you, you're with you know you and your your wife are like ten out of ten. So 
I don't know. That just bothered me. Uh, I guess we could wrap it up. But uh, what did you think about Honey Boy? I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, we were talking about. I feel like I don't know that. I, I I kind of have my doubts that Shia LaBeouf like com- wrote the script completely solo because it's a very well structured script. Like from a writing standpoint, it flows a, really good. As a guy who pays attention to shit like that, it just like it. It's also a really short movie, which I always appreciate because to me, it's harder to get to make a good movie that's short than it is to make like a yeah, longer good. My movie. impression that of that sense. going in was like it. W- I thought it was gonna go on like another thirty minutes of him like his redemption era or whatever. And uh, the, I think it ended on like a really nice note where it's like he fi- like he had a small breakthrough. Like it's not over yet, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I like I was telling Rob, I, like I I teared up in that movie and cried a little bit at the very end or whatever because there's like there's just a couple of lines that hit you because you're like oh this, like you watch the movie with this like impression of like I just want to hang out with Shia LaBeouf now and be like wow I didn't know you went through all that I'm sorry like uh, you know what I mean? Well, so that Luke, Lucas Hedges I think it was a perfect choice and he's also a great actor. That little kid was amazing too. Is that yeah, who that he is? Was. I don't know who that. It is, but he's going places. And the cool thing is, it, it's it's him writing about his life, but with a fake character. So, like, I think his name's Otis, right? Yeah. Um, and he, uh, like, the movie starts off like great, where like it, it shows like a montage of the movies he's in, but like they're not the actual movies. Like the movie opens up with, uh, like clearly he's filming Transformers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, you see like little glimpses of Lawless and even Stevens and all that. It's like. It's it's weird to say, but it's like if you're if you've been following Shia LaBeouf, if you're like a fan of his work, like yeah, there's a lot of like little references to things that yeah. he's working on. But uh, I really enjoyed it. That was a great movie. Also, uh, that w- would have been a perfect night if our Sonic order didn't get fucked up. Yeah. Um, the thing about Sonic is <laughs> their food's pretty good. I actually their food's kind of mediocre, honestly. They're they're it's I go there the for, drinks that we go. Yeah, for. I go there for the drinks, and uh. Their cherry limeade is fucking really amazing every time I get it. I don't know. I like the tots. Like, yeah, the tots are good, but right, they didn't because they're always well done. Yeah, it's not really a, like there's not many fast food places that just do tots. Um, anytime. But oh my god, I can't dude. even think of anyone else. Some of the worst drive-through staff we've experienced. The they were fucking blasted out yeah. of their minds. Yeah, Robert ordered in uh, his. I like, feel like bakers used to have better tots, honestly, because they had the. Uh, they remember they had like the longer like stick. Like they don't like, have those hash anymore? brown sticks. No, they're like oh. tots now. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I know like that. Different. They used to, I have, used like, to like, get the, the sticks, like uh, the, the breakfast oh, sausage sandwich, and I would take the bun off and then put like three or four of those onto the sandwich. Oh man, it I get there ha- whenever. Habanero. Whenever I have a really short day at work, which you know doesn't happen often, but recently it has been thankfully. Uh, I'll go there for breakfast because it's like my lunchtime at work is fucking nine o'clock. So, you know, it, they, they serve breakfast till 11 now at Baker's. They used to be 1030. And uh, I'll stop by there and get the, the fucking uh, egg sausage burrito they have. It's fucking great. Oh, I haven't gotten the burrito. I always get the sandwich. Sandwich is good too, but I don't know. The burrito's dank to me. Um, Did you ever finish The Irishman? We'll, we'll wrap it up here in a sec. No. Okay. I'll probably finish it on my day off or something. All right. I'll be down to... If you want to, on like one of your days off, I'll finish it with Save you. Save our opinions on that, I guess. Yeah, Good yeah. Good movie, though. So we're at an hour Did and we one. talk about that already? How did that do at no. the box office? Do we know? Um, probably not amazing because... Nobody knew. A, a limited release, I, yeah. I got bullied at work. They're like, why would you go to see something in I, person? Yeah, I told my barber I saw that, and he was like, you went and saw that? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I thought it was on Netflix. And I was like, yeah, we wanted to see it early, though, and, you know, see it in the theater. Just well, where the ratings are on, on Netflix, do we know? Uh, um, it's good. I mean, I, 
the thing is, the internet, it's, it's like all young backlash. people. backlash, yeah, um, people saying it's boring. I, did, I, did I post that where it was like people on Twitter were saying, yeah, those are just ADHD people. It's just like, not every movie is going to be a Marvel movie. You know why, though? I, I have a conspiracy theory that that's a push pushed by Marvel and all that because he was talking shit on Marvel movies, which are considerably... They're also long and not boring, which they are boring. Like, I mean, Avengers Endgame was great, but, like, at the same time, there's a lot of downtime in that movie. I'm also, at this point... I think I've said this enough, but I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. done with the Marvel movies. Like, yeah. I'm on, I'm on the DC train now. The Joker well, really piqued some interest in me. I feel like, the, yeah, if they can follow up the Joker with another interesting, like outside of the box take on a, a superhero, I'm, I'm really curious to see what the fucking, uh, uh, what's that guy's name, Robert Pattinson, uh, his Batman. Yeah, oh, what his Batman movie is gonna be man. like. That's going to be interesting. Same. Especially because he's really trying to make a name for himself right now. Like, you can tell he's, like, over the whole Twilight thing. And he's been picking his roles really carefully. So, whatever they pitched him must be really good. Uh, Exactly. Because this is his first, like, he's been doing such low-key, like, Oscar bait movies for so long. This is his first sort of step back into, like, major blockbuster territory. Also, it is very clear that DC was like, we need to take a step back and just restart. Because... Whoever they... They must have had a change in, uh, you know, management. Yeah. While Aquaman made money, most... Every time a Marvel movie comes out and does great, like, as soon as Black Panther came out, they're like, yeah, there's gonna be Black Panther 2. Like, they were like, there's no doubt in our mind. Like, you didn't hear... I haven't heard anything about the new Wonder Woman movie. I haven't heard anything about the new Aquaman movie or Justice League. Well, Wonder Woman... There's a lot of buzz around that because it's like... It's called Wonder Woman 1984 and it's like set in 84 obviously and uh there's a lot of like there's some hype behind that for sure i wonder though if they're gonna be like hey let's let's do something that's like a one-off and not worry about this because the problem is much like much like uh, music or whatever we go through these weird phases and we went through this phase where everything had to lead up to something else and uh, i think looking back people are gonna be like oh yeah Marvel movies were literally just like a connecting piece but to they, those think major about it, movies. Everyone tried to do their own interconnected universe, right? Marvel was the only one that pulled it off. None of the other people were yeah. able to successfully do that. The last 10 years have been fucking Marvel dominant. Yeah. But the funny Even thing is, Wars as bad as DC movies yeah. were, they were literally making, they're printing money. Like, yeah, people, people went to go see him. It's fucking nuts, dude. I don't know. Yeah. Not in America. Yeah, and people love it, too. People, there are diehard Zack Snyder fans on the internet. That I, <coughs> yeah. And it's like, look, whatever. Everybody, the older I get, the more I, I have this, like, thing about movies where I'm like, look, I used to be, like, you know, real snobby about what I like. And then you get to a point where, you're like, everybody finds different things in movies that they enjoy. And if you can, if there's some movie that, that I think is shitty and you found something that's, like, tastefully done in it that, that appeals to you, good good for you. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I, I try to keep my, my mind open now where I'm like, Hey, you never know, like, because I have friends, we talked about this, who can't fucking stand Shia LaBeouf, and I'm a huge fan of, I, I know the, the public persona is like, oh, he's this douchey guy, but it's like, if you if the, if the you let the work speak for itself, he's a great actor, and this movie we just saw, I think, is is total proof of that, like, you can't really argue with it. Dude, he deserves an Oscar. So like, he, I, played, I he played his father, and like, those scenes are so fucking... Like, if you're not a fan of him, that movie, I can see you being like, this movie's boring. But the movie is just like a flashback and flash forward to, like, him dealing with, uh, uh, like, his drinking and then him dealing, like, it flashes to him as a kid. And it's, like, his relationship with his father where his father's a fuck up and, like, he's basically paying his father to be there. And there's a scene where he's like, you wouldn't be here if I wasn't paying you and all that. And it's like his father is abusive or whatever. And it's like, he's a drug addict and an alcoholic and he's going to these AA meetings and telling about how he's, like, been four years sober and all that. And it's like the whole thing that's even more fucked up is like his son is making a ton of money he's been in two movies he's, he's on the even steven show he's on the disney lot every day and like his dad 
is forcing them to live in this like shitty, like really, really run down apartment essentially. And then while he's at work, he's like growing weed on the side of the freeway and all that because he thinks that'll make the money. And it's like, dude, your son's making a ton of money. Like it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, he's resentful of his son's success because he doesn't have success and all that. And I was trying to think of like, uh, what was the, what was the, first thing he did after even stevens was it that battle of shaker heights movie I yeah think? and then shortly thereafter i don't think he was in any i could look it up real quick um was I it it was, was transformers is really what yeah blew him up. Talk about holes. was eagle oh, yeah, yeah holes. holes was was eagle eye was that, that was holes not referencing that movie once i don't know we need to rewatch that i haven't seen that in forever was eagle yes. eye before transformers eagle eye was like in the middle and then disturbia i think that was pre-transformers right disturbia was uh, post i think I'll look it up right now. Because I remember Disturbia came out when I was in senior year of high school, and I, th- I think the Transformers movies came Is out Eagle after. Eye, um, can you explain that one to me? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen that's that. the one. I, the only thing I remember was like there's some kind of like government surveillance, yeah, or yeah, they're yeah, like it's kind of like a, a kids version. Not even here's a kids what I remember version. about that movie. There's a scene where he runs through a Circuit City, and like it was yeah. it came out like six months after they went out of business. Can I drink your Coke Zero a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, he was in Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. Oh, well, I never saw those. Movies. So he, w- the Christmas Path, is the one he's filming in that movie. I think, right? The Christmas Path. Yeah, and then oh, Monkey Business is what it is. What's the one where he's dogs? Or he has like he's like a rich kid with a dog. I think that's the movie they were they were referencing. And then Taj Mahari's like he babysits the dog or something. That might be a Disney Channel original movie. I'm though. pretty sure it was. Um, <laughs> he was in a video game. Because I remember the like one of the opening scenes is like his dad is like disciplining him and he's like. Uh, he's like, your grade on your report was like an F or whatever. He's like, I, I, I put a lot of work into that. And he's just like, you wrote her a paper on why Jackie Chan should be president. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he did the Battle of Shaker Heights, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, then Dumb and Dumber with uh, when really? Harry met Lloyd. Yeah, he was one of the kids in that. And then he oh, did yeah, Holes. He oh, yeah, I forgot he was an iRobot. Oh yeah. And then he was in the greatest game ever played, which is where he I think he's playing a caddy for like one of the best golfers or something was like that. Was he in the Yeah, I remember when that movie came out. Was he in The Legend of Bagger Vance too, or is that just another golf movie? I remember uh, that's the Will Smith. I wanna right? say he was. I think he was. Um he was in Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Dude, uh here's the thing about those uh Studio Ghibli movies. When Disney owned Christian the Bale had, was in one of them. What's up? Christian Bale's one of the main characters yeah, in, in like uh, Castle in the Sky. Castle. Oh yeah, Howl's Moon Castle. Uh, when Disney owned the rights to those, they had like like serious A list top tier. I mean, like like you said, Christian Bale, uh, like fucking really like, like Billy Crystal is the flame in that. Like fucking really popular, famous people are in those movies. Forgot that I saw Billy Crystal at the airport one time. My mom took a picture with him. Oh yeah, I remember what was that? that was when you're going to Florida, right? We were going, no, we were going to Hawaii. Was that recently? I no, I was like really young, uh, but I remember they were like it's Billy Crystal, and they like stopped him and took a picture with him. Was he cool? Yeah, that's cool. Um. Like, oh, he was amazing in Borg vs. McEnroe. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he, he's going to be in a movie called The Tax Collector coming up. Uh, oh, fucking Wikipedia is doing the fucking woe is me, give me money thing again. I hate that. Written and directed by David Ayer. Oh, yeah. That, that. Uh, is is The Witcher out yet? Uh, this month. It's Yeah, sometime soon. Is I'm, I'm really <laughs> curious to see what the... Uh, well, I put in the group chat, uh, I guess, early reviews are saying that uh, it makes Game of Thrones look like two drunks fighting. So it's actually good. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I like Henry Cavill. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I, I, I'm I, not a fantasy guy by I'm any not stretch either, yeah, of the I'll give it one episode. <laughs> if, but, uh, if it doesn't hook me in one episode, I'm But I, I, that game was good. The Witcher? I, mm. I, could, I played it for 10 minutes, and I... 
That's how I am with video games, dude. I just can't. I don't get sucked into them at all. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, even the new I, Pokemon, I have to like force myself to sit down and play it. That's not a good sign. If you're, but you're, you're forcing enjoyment. You know what it is? You know what my problem with the new Pokemon is? There's like 13 of those games, and they're all the same. I don't need to be taught how to go catch a Pokemon. Just give me my, give me the fucking Pokeballs in the first they, minute they of the game. They need to reinvent like, you know, the wheel. It's like they need like a have you played one of these games before option where you're like, yes. So they can just be like, because it's it's every game is the same. It's like, wake up, you need to go down to the Poke Center and you have to like talk to whoever this game's version of Professor Oak is. Gears of War, the new one, like we're on Gears 5 and they act like it's the first one. They're like, here's how you get into cover. It's like, dude, we know. Yeah. Like the the opening of that game is painful because Imagine it makes you do a training thing. Does does Super Mario doesn't do that? Did Mario no. Galaxy walk you through it? They just throw you into the game. And the like, only time go. it does that is when it's like, here's a weird feature that yeah. it's very Nintendo that we're gonna throw in, and then like it's just that's the beauty of like the Super Nintendo Mario. It's like and then like GTA that, is another one where you're just like, I don't need an mission to explain the game. To oh me. my just god, let me dude. play the fucking game. That was one of the things I hated about the new Red Dead was the opening is like two hours long and really? it's like we're gonna do you know what I'm talking about Bryce yeah never played it still it, it doesn't I don't know it's a great open world game but the story I don't story know if that's just blows. I have ADD now or something but like yeah I used to I used to like guess, the last video games I can remember like actually sitting down playing start to finish and being like super absorbed into was the Batman Arkham games and yeah. I never finished the last one so I don't <laughs> even know I, I remember I played the the new not, this, not the new new one but the new Tomb Raider the first one I remember I played that and beat it in like four hours because I was just like like so sucked into that game. It was like just the cinematics were cool and like, I don't know, it was really fun. Yeah, I mean, I've been replaying Metal Gear Solid Five. I was like, this is so good that it's worth a replay. And like, I'm pushing like 4K on my computer on it, so that's cool. Um, also, there's still a community on that game. I've been playing Metal Gear Online. That's cool. It's fun. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up there. If you guys want to... Th- that was a great episode, I think. Meh. Yeah, you're right. Uh, if you guys want to support us, we got a Patreon, we got an Instagram, uh, patreon.com slash best bros. We're on SoundCloud, uh, you know, iTunes, Stitcher. Subscribe, rate us, give us a rating. And uh, now that Robert's fucking done with work, we got some projects in the work that I'm, we say that a lot, but it's always just one thing after another. I'm, I'm working on some stuff and we doing some movie. Um, Big things coming soon. Yeah, we're going to be doing some movie exclusive episodes where we just talk about that. Um, Thanks. If you've been supporting us this whole time, thanks a lot. It means a lot. Um, keep listening. We'll keep recording. Patreon. <laughs> Give us money. Love you.